Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hey, folks, it's Rena Jadhav here with the Healthier Podcast and founderpeelcircle.org. Now, this is Heart Health Month, and I've got Dr. John Gray, the famous, the amazing Dr. Gray, who's been featured in everything from Time Magazine to a three-hour Barbara Walters special to tell us how we can keep heart healthy. Dr. Gray, welcome. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, this is Heart Month, uh, Heart Healthy Month. And certainly I'm not a medical doctor, I'm a psychologist, and, but what I do know is that many books have been written talking about uh, heartbreak can link to heart disease. And often we just think about heart disease as cholesterol levels, etc. But actually, many people die of heart attacks with no plaque, literally no plaque. And wow. 50% of the people who die of heart attacks actually have very healthy or even low cholesterol levels and 50% have high. So the significance is more about the arteries flexibility, arterial flexibility. So when the arteries become rigid, then if your heart pressure, if your stress hormone increases, then it can cause a tear and cause a heart attack. So what we want to do is regulate stress levels. Now, stress levels is cortisol levels. Nothing wrong with stress in our lives. Challenge is great. It's how we respond to the stresses in our life. That's a biological stress response. Now, what's fun is my more recent work is all about the hormones of men and women. Now, what we know to be the most contributing factor to heart disease, heart attacks in men is low testosterone. The reason you don't hear much about that is just giving men testosterone doesn't fix the problem. It's he's not making enough testosterone. So every man who has a heart attack actually has low testosterone. And what we see is that women, when they have heart attacks, they have high stress levels. We know that to be the case. Also, when a man has low testosterone levels, he may even be passive, but his cortisol levels are higher. That's the key here is the stress hormone inhibits digestion. It inhibits the immune system and it causes, can cause high blood pressure which increases your risk of heart disease. So my suggestion is, in, is to see some of the statistics on this is generally a year and a half after uh, a big emotional trauma, an unresolved emotional trauma. Let's say it's a divorce, let's say it's a death, let's say it's a child, let's say it's a, you, you lose your job. These things don't necessarily mean you're gonna have a heart attack. How you respond to it, how you deal with it, is the whole key. The first book you wrote, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, that really helped us fall in love again because you helped clarify some of the barriers um, in communication. So much has changed, John, since you wrote the first book. Um, you know, you're right, we talk about Heart Health Month. Well, heart and love, to me, are synonymous. So Absolutely. What, is, what is your one critical insight or tip to those who are watching and listening in terms of how can they bring more authentic love into their lives? Okay, well, the heart opens when our cortisol level and stress hormones go down. 
and particularly for men, your heart increases when you feel successful in helping others. And for women, their heart opens when they feel successful at getting the love they need, getting the support they need. If you're a woman and you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, I have to do everything myself. I don't have backup. I don't have support. I have to do it myself. That inhibits female hormones, estrogen and progesterone. And that then causes high cortisol levels, adrenaline responses more and more to life. And adrenaline responses can actually become addictive. The more you complain out loud about how bad life is, the worse life becomes. Your brain just focuses on the dangers. There's a bias that the brain has on danger. Uh, basically, you know, to survive, we have to make sure we don't get involved with something which is dangerous. So dopamine levels go really high when we complain, when we focus on the negative. Now we may see the negative, but actually you can get out of the habit of focusing on the negative. And this is what people are learning now with neuroplasticity is just don't verbalize the negative, particularly to someone who you want to fix it or change it. If you can share your feelings, your frustrations, your disappointments, your concerns, without the intention of having someone change. That's the distinction, you know, therapy. When I have a client in therapy, I want them to share their emotions about their negative experiences. And then they feel better because they're not trying to change me. But if she goes to her husband or to her boss, whatever it might be, and use those, express those emotions with the intent to change someone, it only increases the adrenaline response and also the chances of having a loving relationship go down. So a practical thing for this month for heart health, I would suggest that people not verbalize any complaints, notice them and realize it's a habit. It's a habit. And so as you continue to verbalize it to the people you want to change the situation, actually that neural wiring in the brain becomes stronger and stronger. So you keep looking at things to complain about. They even found that complaining can be addictive. It produces dopamine in the brain. Whenever you focus on danger, what's not good, what's not resolved, dopamine gets produced and we get addicted to seeing those things. Just like we now know with our cell phones, we get addicted to what's new and different, what's new and different. We even more addictive is danger. But the key here is don't ignore the feelings. Talk about them with somebody who you're not trying to change in any way. That then for women stimulates healthy estrogen and progesterone levels, which then lower her stress levels. Women typically before menopause require 10 times more estrogen than men. That means she needs to talk 10 times more about her emotions. Oh, I'm so glad you underscored why women need to talk more. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for giving us the, the justification for that. Yes, it's so important. <laughs> men don't know that. Men live in a world of tit for tat. It's like, well, if you're sharing feelings, then I'll share some feelings. And if you have <laughs> I've got just as many complaints about you. <laughs> so we have to be clear about gender differences here. She needs to talk more about her feelings in order to raise her estrogen. But there's an art to doing it. The art to doing it. Very briefly, I mean, I've written a whole yeah. book on this, but the simplest, best technique I've got, if you're going to share frustrations or disappointments, to your partner, which you have at times, you want them to know they stepped on your foot, you have to say, ow. 
So you go to your partner to share negative emotions if they, when they're in you. Clearly not to try to change him, but just to inform him so he can choose to change. So what that looks like is simply going to him and say, you know, the other day when such and such happened, use the least number of words just to set the frame. I had a lot of feelings come up. It's not a big deal. I just want you to know what goes on inside of me and just take that into consideration and then spend no more than four or five minutes expressing your emotions. If you just say you did this, you didn't do that, that's a, it's superficial. It doesn't produce a lot of estrogen, but I felt frustrated or I was disappointed when this happened. I'm concerned about this and some feeling statements like I feel like, you know, I'm not important to you or you don't care enough or you don't bother. Enough. You know, you can put a little of that, but always add emotions because men will connect to emotions better than feeling statements like I feel like you don't care. In his world, of course I care. But if you say, I feel frustrated because sometimes I feel like you don't care. Well, I understand frustration. But the key to any communication, which is negative emotion or has a, tip, a pain associated with it, discomfort associated with it, start out with the phrase, this is not a big deal. I just need to share my feelings for a few minutes. Please don't say anything. I know you'll just take it into consideration. Then he will take it into consideration. Anything else, he will defend back. He will always justify. To survive, we have to justify to make ourselves right. Because if you're wrong, you lose love. So everybody does it. Just learn to minimize the tendency to do it by simply saying it's not a big deal. He'll make it a bigger deal by doing that. Now for men, when they're upset, okay, you get upset with your partner, you might be arguing or something's happening at work. This is not the time to talk about your emotions or feelings. Unless your heart is open, do not talk about your emotions or feelings to your spouse, to your intimate partner. It will shut her down or she will begin to feel like she's your mother or she will begin to close her feelings because she doesn't want to have you talking more about your feelings. Literally, when men talk about emotions and feelings, negative, their estrogen levels are going to go higher. If you have positive feelings, women love it. Often women will want to say, what are you feeling? Because they're hoping you're feeling positive emotions. <laughs> if you don't have positive emotions, you say, you know, I just need some time to think about it. I'll talk to talk to you later. Take your time out. Men need 10 to 50 times more testosterone than a woman to have their heart open. Okay, now that's really important. You have to make it. What makes it is not producing estrogen, but doing something that produces testosterone. Do something you're good at. Do something that makes you feel successful or learn to meditate and forget your problems. You see, for men, it's all about minimizing and forgetting problems in order to let your testosterone come up. Then doing something productive that you're good at. Whenever a man does something he's good at, his testosterone levels will start to rise. When he's angry or upset or hurt or apathetic or grumpy or irritable or mad or shut down or he loses his libido, this is all low testosterone. So what he needs to do is bump it up by not sharing emotions, unless he's talking to a therapist or someone who's gonna analyze those emotions. See, analyzing is different from just sharing your emotions. Women don't need to analyze right away. They need to just get it out there and their brain will take care of it. Men, if they're gonna talk about their emotions, it should definitely not be to change someone to not to correct someone, not to change the outer world, but to change yourself 
and only through analysis of where did this come from. And it has to be from a place of 100% accountability and no blame. You see, all negative emotions are actually blaming. Absolutely. If you just express your negative emotion, estrogen will go up. But if you're doing it for a woman without somebody you're trying to change, it's less addictive and it's more cathartic. It raises the estrogen. But if I'm upset with you and want to tell you how upset I am with you, I'm making testosterone. I'm trying to change you. I'm trying to control you. And women don't realize that. You get bigger bang for the buck. You'll have a happier relationship. Your stress levels will go down because you're producing more female hormones than male hormones. Yeah. You need to produce more male hormones than female hormones. And that's how to do it in a relationship. Now, there's many other ways to balance your hormones. For a woman, anytime you're doing something that you get to do, that you love to do, that you enjoy doing, that you feel safe doing, those are the key words, then your estrogen and progesterone levels will go into balance and cortisol levels will go down. Now for men, anytime you do something difficult, challenging, necessary, have to do, that you're good at, that you can do, your testosterone levels go up. This is why a man's risk of heart disease dramatically goes up when he retires. There are statistics that say when men just retire and they don't have any work worthwhile work, it doesn't have to be high paying, it just has to, you have to feel proud of yourself, I made a difference today. They've got about two to three years before their first heart attack. This is such a critical point that you're making, John. I want to just underscore this again. For men, it is so important to have their testosterone levels high, and that means doing everything that allows that number to stay high, and that includes, of course, not only not retiring, but doing a job that makes you feel good, yeah. and being in a relationship that allows you to have that high testosterone and feel like you're the man in the relationship. These that, are, these are really important needed. points. Men need to feel needed, otherwise they sit in front of a TV set or play golf all day. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> it, you, there, there has to be something I have to do and to overcome some challenge so someone appreciates you. It, it's, you know, this is part of being a man. And not that you can't have it easy, you know, I'm 68, I, I, I work hard, but I have a good time. That's the balance of the masculine and feminine energies. But if I have... Well, too good of a time, my testosterone levels can drop. So how does a man then complain in a way that's not going to be testosterone depleting or estrogen maximizing? So if a, if a woman's continuously doing something that's bothering him, what does he do? Okay, for a man to complain, it has to be a joke. Ah. Men okay. need to become light, no big deal, I can't believe it. And not to her, because she doesn't like his humor. But you do it to a buddy. It's ridiculous. She said this, she did this, or my work. What are they doing? They're idiots. You know, you, you kind of have this slang guy talk thing. You, you, your frustration goes out. That's one way to deal with it. Uh, now, there's an exception to this. This is a Chinese phrase. And, you know, take it in the context of Chinese wisdom. But it's, it's a beautiful phrase. I like it, which is a man should never cry unless his heart is broken. See, if, now what that means is when the problem is big, then he's powerless. He needs his estrogen levels soar really high. So that's where he has to go through catharsis. He needs to explore those emotions because they're already so high. But he needs to do it in a context where he's not trying to change somebody.
and he does talk about it with a therapist or whatever. Uh, but he always does it with an open heart. You see, there's an open heart. But when it's basically adrenaline responses as opposed to yeah. major problems, yeah, big problem, a guy can crack, and that's okay because he has a big problem. But if it's a little problem, normal daily problems, and he gets all emotional, he's a He's perceived and he also weakens himself. His estrogen will go too high. Whereas women need the estrogen. But the problem is, it, it's kind of like a tease. When you complain, you produce a little estrogen, but you're also making a lot of testosterone as well. But if you're complaining to a friend who you're not trying to change, it's no longer complaining, it's sharing. See, sharing. It's in hormone release. Big distinction between sharing and complaining. We could be in a restaurant together and it's, oh, my soup's cold. Is yours cold? And you go, yeah, well, this is a bummer. We're paying all this money and we're just like bummed out a little bit by it, a little frustration. But then when we say, waiter, this soup is too cold. We're asking him to change it. That's a complaint. So it's a very different hormonal response when you're complaining versus just sharing. But if somebody does even share a lot of emotion all the time, negative emotion, if you find you're focusing on negative, 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 you literally have to go through a period of fasting. Yeah. You just, just give yourself a break. Just say, don't verbalize any complaints for the month. Yes. You organize your brain. And yes. you just practice what old people, you know, they used to call positive thinking. You know, it's good to be positive. It, you feel the emotion sometimes what you can do is journal the emotion alone in your private journal that frees you from the tendency of trying to elicit sympathy from others sympathy is weakening to us it's an animalistic thing which is have sympathy on me poor me anytime yeah. you go into poor me it's addictive it causes the brain to strengthen that connection there's a big difference between poor me and oh, I'm frustrated, oh, I'm so disappointed, I feel so hurt, I feel sad. There's a place, an attitude of poor me, or this is just what's going on inside of me, and I need to explore it to let it go, to let it go. These are the activities that help us to keep our hormones in balance, our stress levels lower, our blood pressure balanced, and help with heart health. All right, with that said, big hug. I'm gonna see you soon on another podcast. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.